I want to talk to you about John chapter 11, verse 9 through 10. Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick. He knew he was going to die, and he waited because he wanted him to die. And he waited long enough, he wanted him to be buried for four days. Now, anybody that's been around any kind of death knows that four days is a long time with no refrigeration, or if you don't pack them in salt, uh, or if you don't put them in formaldehyde, uh, after four days, you, you stink. Stinketh is a very nice term for what would have been the situation after four days with Lazarus. He wanted to wait that long because he wanted them to see the glory of God. Jesus did not just throw around miracles. He didn't just do miracles to make people... Ooh, ah, he did them for very, very specific purposes to do very specific fulfillments of what he came for. And if you think about it, as far as the world's concerned, he did very few miracles. Even though he did probably 100,000 miracles or more, because the Bible said he'd go into town, heal, every, heal everybody that was sick. I mean, some of them villages, heal everybody. Uh, he probably did 100,000 of those, wouldn't doubt it. Um, you know, beside all the things, but we know just a fraction. We only in the Bible have 34 miracles recorded in the Gospels. And so just a fraction, 48 parables and 38 miracles, 34 miracles. And so a fraction of what was done. Why? We only uh, have a need to know. And as you read your Bible through, you can thank God he didn't make that book 5,000 pages because he could have. He made it, you know, 1,189 pages, I think, in Schofield. And so... You know, you, you can thank God. He, he, he put down there, he didn't put down any superfluous material. What you have in the Bible is what you need to know. What you're, you may not know why you need to know it. You may not know why the story is there. You may know not, but God is there for a reason. In, in uh, chapter 11, verse 9, uh, he's walking with his disciples towards where Mary and Martha are and where Lazarus is. And Jesus answered and said, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. Jesus used the common things that they were very familiar with, the light of day and night at night, dark at night, you can't walk, because you'll stumble if you don't have a light of some kind. And in the daytime, how you have light and you can see where you're going. He used that to help those folks. And the title of the message tonight is, Where Are You Walking? Where Are You Walking? Jesus is explaining the great truth of life here to his disciples as they walk to see, go to see Lazarus. Every person on earth fits in one or the other categories that he said there. You're either walking in the light, that is, the truth of the Word of God, through Jesus Christ, or you're walking in darkness. Now, 
Let me get this straight with you. Either you have come to know Christ as your Savior, consequently you're walking in the light under, under the auspices of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, or you're walking in the night. You do not have enlightenment, and you're, you're stumbling. And, the, and so the world is classified into two major categories. And I know this really rubs the cat the wrong way. Because the world would love to say that there are many roads to heaven. They would love to, one of the objections I get when I'm calling the people is, well, what about all the Muslims? I say, well, do they, have they trusted Christ as their Savior? Well, no. Well, then they're walking in the night. What about all the Hindus? There's this many million Hindus. Well, okay. Have they trusted Christ as their Savior? No, they haven't. They're walking in the night. You say, well, I don't like that. Well, when you see Jesus, talk to him about it. Uh, because whether you know Jesus or don't know Jesus, you're going to see him. And you're going to stand before him. God gives every person he's created the day, if I may say, their day in court, as they say. Their day in court, policemen, you know that. They're, you get the day in court. And you're going to stand before Jesus and have your moment, your day, your, your, your time in front of him. Uh, Jesus saves us in a few directions. He saves us and allows us to walk in the day. I thank God for that. I thank God I'm, I'm not one of those that are walking in, in darkness. In our, in our travels, my wife and I like to just drive. We drove for 5,000 miles on that rental car. With 5,000 miles on that. They're sorry they rent unlimited miles to me. We flew 4,500 miles, and we, we drove 5,000. And um, we like to just drive. We like to move around, go see different places, go back roads. And we got on some back roads. They turned into dirt, had to turn around and go back. Um, I'm not going to – I don't know if you know this, but I'm, I'm educating you. I'm helping you right now. If you rent a car, read the fine print. They do not insure you. If you go on dirt roads, I did not know that till I rented a car in Hawaii and Bob Morris took me 20 miles on a dirt road. That's right. And uh, by the seven sacred pools, said we never found the seven sacred pools. We were by them so far. But anyway, the, um, I didn't know that, but, uh, I, when I rent a car, I, I take out, uh, the, what I call walk-away insurance. What is that? It's usually $25 to $30 a day. But it's the cheapest insurance you'll ever buy. Why? Because in, if you rent a car 20 days at $25 a day, how much is that? How much is it? What do you say? Anybody figure it out yet? 20 days, $25. You, you mathematicians out there, it's 500 bucks. You know what my deductible on my insurance is? 500 bucks. So if I ding that car or do anything to it at all, the minimum is going to be $500. And my chances of hurting that car are pretty high where I go. And so I just go ahead and say, give me a walk away. And a walk away is you can just walk away. You can run that thing over a cliff, walk away, call them, give me another car. That's what they told me. Run it off a cliff, get it stolen. Don't make any difference. Just give me another car. Don't worry about that. They're not going to talk to you about it. They're not going to bill you. They're not going to fight you. They're not going to bill you for unwanted, unused. They're not using the, the car, not being used as it's getting repaired, which they will bill you for. And I've heard people get in horrible lawsuits with uh, rental companies over stuff like that. So I just do that. I, th I thought you came tonight for that. But Jesus saves us and allows us to walk in the light. He saves us, of course, through the new birth, the Holy Spirit, 
Know you not you're the temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? He saves, he saves us through the renewing of our minds, through the exposing us to the light. And according to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what happens in salvation. What's going on right now with me is my mind is becoming more like God's mind. In the New Testament, we have the mind of Christ. And, and the, the process of what's going on in your life is to help you have more of a mind like Jesus and less of a mind like this old world. He saves us through separating us from the darkness, in, in other words, which causes us to stumble. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 through 11 says, For you are sometimes in darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Of course, the title of the sermon is, Where are you walking? The fruit of the Spirit in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving was accepted unto the Lord. And this verse in verse 11 of chapter 5, you ought to have in memory, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. We're not to be friendly to the works of darkness. We're not to see how close we can get to the works of darkness. We're not, if you've got to ask the question, I wonder if this is right, don't. I wonder if this is right to do. Don't. When in doubt, don't. It says in Romans 14, doubt is sin. If you doubt, it's become sin to you. So if you doubt something, whether it's right or wrong, don't do it. Stay away from it. Once saved, we're to maintain our daily, daily walk in the light. Some things I've noticed about walking in the light and walking in the darkness is, um, first, light makes manifest. It reveals. It does not hide. Now, this may not sound profound, but it is. This may go over your head. You may not get it. But light makes manifest. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 13, But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Now, what does that mean? God's not into hiding your sin. When we sin, what's the first thing we want to do? We want to cover it up. We want to try to put it under the rug. They call it sweeping it under the rug. If a deacon's kid does something wrong, a lot of churches won't let it get out. They'll try to hide it. But brother, they that sin, the Bible says, rebuke before all. That's light. It's the best thing for you and me to get embarrassed about our sin. It's the best thing for you and me to get ashamed of our sin. People do, they go to these great lengths to get away from shame. Shame is good for you. One time a kid, I was preaching chapel and a kid misbehaved and I made him come up front and I sat down and I said, okay, son, you do chapel. He said up there, you know, like this. Oh, I said, you don't want to talk anymore. What do you got? What's wrong with your mouth? Don't work anymore. I said, start talking. Tell us something we need to hear. He said, they're like that. Wouldn't talk. I said, okay, sit down, shut up. I'm going to listen to me. I got a call from his mom. Oh! Oh, you've ruined my child's self-image. He's probably going to have to go to a psychiatrist. I am telling you what she said to me. I thought, I thought to myself, the woman was as dumb as a child. No wonder. She said, I'm pulling all my three kids out of school. I said, do it. I said, because we cannot help you here. Self-image. Damage the little boy's self-image. Brother, shame is good for you. When you do wrong, God will save you through shaming you because you won't want that feeling again. I think that's what my mom and dad were trying to do when they whipped me. 
They didn't spank me. They whipped me. Oh, some of you people out there, I never got a spanking. Well, God bless your ever-loving soul. Praise God. I'm glad you didn't. But I, I had to get whipped or I'd have been in the penitentiary so long ago, I'd have probably been running a gang in the penitentiary. I'm telling you what. They made me ashamed. What am I in sixth grade? I do something wrong. Teacher call you up in the front of the of forty kids and a, a, a little old skinny woman. She'd say, "Get over the desk, lean over and grab the other part of the." She'd grab that other side of that two inch. I remember it was about two inches because I remember my hands going over that oak. And she'd take that paddle with both of her hands. She wouldn't weigh one hundred twenty pounds. Pow, you know, pow. She hit me three times. I'd laugh almost because it didn't hurt. She couldn't hit me hard enough, so she sent me to the principal. Well, he was about 6'4", 6'3", and that boy could move the desk. And he made me light up like fire. Well, I got to go home. My dad said, you got whipped at school. You're shaming, you're shaming our family. Wow! He whipped me again. I get three whippings out of that deal. I'll tell you, tell you, if that didn't happen to me, I wouldn't be here. I guarantee I wouldn't be able to be here tonight. Light manifests evil, shows it for what it is. There are people that do things against the name of Jesus that are public. The best way to overcome that sin is to get in front of this body of believers voluntarily and to say, folks, I have disappointed God, I've disappointed you, I've shamed your name as well as my name in this community. Would you forgive me? Brother, you want to get the devil disarmed? That'll disarm the devil. That'll make him where he can't use that against you ever again. Because when you do that, those, the devil come up and say, well, I'll tell somebody. I say, no, you don't have to. I told everybody. Well, what if people talk about me? Well, who cares whether people talk about you? At least you're important enough to be talked about. What you want to be sad about is when nobody's talking about you. But you know what it is? Darkness wants to hide. Now you, you, as I preached this morning, have both darkness and light in you. You got the old nature. He's dark. You got new nature. That's light. New nature wants to manifest things, wants to reveal things. But the old nature don't want to do that. Wants to hide things. Wants to keep them secret. God is light. First John 1 John 1.5. Light reveals and repels darkness. Darkness does not repel light. The nature of darkness is the absence of light. Or God. The nature of light is the presence of God. Secondly, so, so he, light manifests. I can tell you that. As far as light and darkness goes, light will manifest your sin. It will embarrass you. It will, ashamed, it will shame you. And that's nothing wrong with that. My dad used to say, take your whipping, boy. It'll be all right. And I did. I didn't get bitter at him. I didn't, never was bitter at mom and dad about any of that. I thought, man, God bless them. They love me enough to... Really, I inconvenienced a few of their evenings, I can tell you that. Secondly, light's marvelous. That's the thing I've learned about First 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. If you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness, out of darkness into his marvelous light. Boy, light's marvelous. Light causes great wonder. It's extraordinary. It's remarkable. When light comes in, the darkness flees. We get to see the reasons. The accoutrements of darkness must flee away when light comes. They're replaced with the accoutrements 
of light. Thirdly, I've learned the light and darkness, it changes our nature when we get saved. You know, the Bible calls us the light of the world, Matthew 5.14. It says we're the children of light, Luke 16.8. It says we're the light to the Gentiles, Acts 13.47. It says we're light to them that walk in darkness, Romans 2.19. We are light in the world, Ephesians 5.8. Uh, according to Romans 13.12, we have the armor of light on. We are associated with light. Can you imagine, can you imagine folks tonight going back and walking in darkness? If you can walk in darkness and stay there comfortably, you're not part of the light. Because when the light of God comes in you, you'll never be able to go back and walk in darkness again. You will never be able to do it. When I um, uh, went back in the summertime from uh, school, Bob Jones, I think it was around the first semester, second semester, uh, my old drinking buddies and drug buddies and stuff came by. I could name them to you. Brenneman, Stoddard, Remmel. They all came by and they said, let's go out. Have a few drinks. I said, I don't do that anymore. I got saved. Oh, you got saved. That's okay. We're good with that. But let's just go out. I tell you, you don't drink. You just ride with us. And they just were on me hard to do it. And remember, this was just real short period of time from the time I got right with God. I said, well, I'll go with you, but I'm not going to drink. You know, I was the most miserable person in the world for about two hours. I didn't drink. I didn't participate in what they did. But they were drinking, laughing, smoking. I thought, this is stupid. Now, just three, four months earlier than that, I thought that was the greatest thing this is the greatest thing since peanut butter. It's just, it's just the difference between light and darkness. You don't need to be taught more. You need to get born again. The light manifests itself in you as light. If you can go walk in darkness, you're not part of who uh, 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 the born-again believers are. You're not part of gospel Baptists, really. Something that convicts, uh, walking in darkness should convict you sore. should make you miserable. Uh, something, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit will whisper in your ear in the stillness of the night. You know that wasn't right. You know, sometimes I say, can you believe this? Sometimes I say things I shouldn't. You know, the Bible says there's much speech, there's sure to be sin, bro. I'll tell you, that's amazing. That's the truth. And when you talk a lot, you're going to say some things that are stupid and some things you shouldn't have said, some things maybe. Can you imagine me saying something cruel? Barrels, can you believe that? Wake up, Brother Barrels. Uh, like that right there. Like that right there. That's good, isn't it? I'm glad he's got a hide like an elephant. <laughs> Sometimes the Holy Spirit will come by. He's got to wait till I get away from everything. I'll get quiet, you know. I like to be alone. I like to be quiet. And the Holy Spirit will go, oh, Bill, you know, you're going to have to call him up and ask him to forgive you. I said, oh, not bear oats, Please. I have to call them up and say, please forgive me. That was unnecessary to say your hair looked terrible. <laughs> or whatever, you know. I'll have to call Brother Moon and say, Brother Moon, forgive me for that. I had to call, I've had to call Wendy and ask her to forgive me. Uh, it's never comfortable. I don't like it. But you know, I'm going to keep doing it. Why? I'm going to obey the Holy Spirit. Why? I walk in the light. Because I don't want to get out of the light. I want to stay in the light. I can't stay in the light unless I obey the Holy Spirit as He comes and whispers to me. I got to stay right with my wife. I, man, I hate to go to my wife and say, please forgive me. I don't like to do it. 
I know she don't do it very often. I kind of thought about that a little bit. But anyway. I've noticed that about the light. What have I noticed about the darkness? I notice if you follow Jesus, you will not walk in darkness, but you'll have light. John 8, 12 says, uh, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. It's simple, isn't it? You'd think it was simple. You'd think it was straightforward. John 12, 46 says, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth in me should not abide in darkness. There's a group of people out there tonight say they're saved, but they're abiding in darkness. Now look, I'm not their final judge of whether they're saved or not, but I can tell you this, there are going to be some surprised people when they stand for Jesus. going to be surprised folks. What have I learned about darkness? If we say that we walk with Jesus and walk in darkness, we're lying. That's what the Bible says. We're lying to others and we're lying to ourselves. Can you lie to yourself? What's a horrible thing to lie to yourself? 1 John 1, 6. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, what do we do? We lie and do not the truth. We lie and do not the truth. Man, one thing I don't want to do is die, go to the other side, and him say, oh, my, you were all messed up. You were all messed up. You didn't have that right at all. I don't want that. Man. I want to get it right this side. I want to be where it's supposed to be, this side. Thirdly, if you walk in darkness, you do not know or understand where you're going. Why? It's dark. John 12, 35 said, yet a little while, and a, and a while is the light with you, because he was there with them. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. You know the world tonight has no clue. They're scratching their head. They're worried about Rocket Man. They're worried about China. They're worried about Trump. Boy, are they worried about Trump. I mean, you can't turn. I talked to a raving liberal three days ago. A raving liberal. An Obama-Hillary fan. And he said to me, I am so sick of hearing about Stormy Daniels, I can't even believe it. Can we move on? I'm like, yeah. Like, we may be witnessing a 70-year historic moment with that uh, North Korea guy walking across the border and the South Korea guy walking across the border, and very possibly there may come peace to that peninsula after 70 years. That ought to be plastered everywhere. All you got is Trump this, Trump this. I think the Russians rigged the election. The Russians didn't rig the election. God did the election. And that's why they can't believe it. They can't accept it because it was God that did it. How do I know that? I stand sure on that, by the way. For the Bible says in Romans chapter 13, there is no power but of God. And the power to be ordained of God. And when Obama was in the office, I had to stand up here and say the same thing. God put Obama in office. <laughs> but that was what we deserved. If he'd have put Hillary in office, it would have been a judgment. But that's what we would have deserved. And you would, as a Christian, you'd have to say, he, he put her in office. And because it was so miraculous, and because it was so unexpected, and because it was so from heaven, really, and, and uh, they can't accept the fact it had to be the Russians. It had to be some collusion. It had to be this. It had to be that. Look, after it, I know lawyers well enough. After a year, if you haven't found anything, there ain't nothing. That was my wife's sneeze. 
I know that woman so well that I know the sound of her sneeze. Where are you at? I'm going to tell on her. This is the time to tell on Kathy. You want to hear it? You want to hear it? Oh, I know you do, you hopeless gossips. But uh, my, when my wife was young, that was a long time ago. When I was young, she used to, if you would sit her down and get her still, like in a, in, a, in a class or a Sunday school or a church, while the guy's up here giving his life preaching, Doc, she would start yawning. She, and she didn't yawn just like this. She, and she would yawn, and she would yawn, and she would yawn, sitting right beside me. And I said, Kathy, they're interpreting that like you are bored out of your mind. She says, no, I'm not bored. I just can't help it. When I sit still, I, I yawn. I said, oh. So now watch her when I preach, see what happens. The fourth thing I've learned about darkness, I'm back. The fourth thing I learned about darkness comes through, the, comes through our eyes. Do you know you can see in a person's eyes a lot of things? Now, don't go overboard on this, okay? Don't become a prophet. But, but, but I mean, don't, now I got that, man. I saw their eyes. They must, be in, they must be in some sin. Don't go around. Don't go around thumping people. But I can tell you this, the Bible does talk about the eyes. It really does. Matthew 6, 23, but if thine eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. My dad used to say, the evil eye. Don't give me the evil eye. I don't know where that came from. It came from the Bible here. If therefore, there, if therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? In Luke eleven thirty four, which is best, says the light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single... Thy whole body is also full of light, but when thy eye is evil, thy body also is full of darkness. One of the things I can tell you that Christian rock music is wrong. I can tell you straight up and down Christian rock music is wrong by a lot of reasons, but one reason I can tell you it's wrong, look at the kids that are playing it. Usually they'll have an album. You look at the cover of the album. Now as born-again believers, we are light. We are up, we, but they look dark. The kids are like, you know, they, look, they get that surly look. They get that dark, and their eyes are dark. You with me about the dark eyes? It's not that they got brown eyes. It's not the color of their eyes I'm talking about. It's the dark eyes. Did you know um, another medical fact that you can sometimes look in an eye and see if this person got a brain tumor? I don't want my, my whatever he is, the guy that does the eye stuff. He said, I can tell whether you have a brain tumor sometimes by looking in your eye, in your retina, retinal whatever you're looking through. I said, well, how's it looking there? He said, there's nothing there. <laughs> Fifthly, men love darkness. That's what I learned about that. You know that. I've, I've harped on that lately. I don't know why. God just has me do it. Uh, but John chapter 3, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. They love darkness. Don't, men don't dislike darkness. Men don't dislike what they're doing out there. Men don't, I'm talking about men. I'm talking about men and women. Uh, uh, they don't just, they love it. They love it. Sixthly, God's goal for you is to save you from this darkness. Uh, I, I think I quoted this maybe on Wednesday, Acts 26, 18, to, uh, to open their eyes 
and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. That was Jesus' message. He told Paul, go tell them. Move them from darkness to light. That's what you and I are doing. Every day we go out there and we talk to some folks, we're moving people from darkness to light. I say, you, man, there's a better way of living. You don't have to keep living in this way. You, you, there's a better way. You can have your conscience clean. You can have your sins forgiven. Trust Jesus. Lastly, as children of light, we're told by God to cast off darkness. Romans chapter 13, verse 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. I like that. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Ooh, cast off. That means that you have something to do with it, don't you? Cast off the works of darkness. Get rid of them. Something dragging you down, get rid of it. You can live without it. You can live without a computer. Yes, you can live without a computer. You can live without an Apple Watch. You can live without an Apple phone. You can live without getting on and go to getting on YouTube or, or, or databases. Or, or that. You can live without that. If that's dragging you down, get rid of it. Cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Cast off the hidden things of darkness. Cast off the works of darkness. In, in Ephesians 5.11, cast off the power of darkness. Colossians 1.13, cast off the chains of darkness. 2 Peter 2.4, cast off the very mist of darkness. 2 Peter 2.17, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Where are you walking tonight? Are you walking in the light as he is in the light? You have fellowship one with another? Or are you a born-again believer that's messing around with the darkness still, trying to justify the darkness? Oh, dear one, you're playing with fire. We've been brought into the light. I'll tell you what, things may go foul in this world, and eventually I guess you get sick and die, and, and, and yet we are children of light. There's nothing can bring us down by the grace of God. Boy, we're on, the, we're on the bright side of this thing. Our ark has windows at the top. You know? I mean, we may get in the storm, but we are children of light, abiding in the light with him who is light. Jesus Christ. Be of good courage, dear child of God. Walk in the light. Don't try to hide. Don't, don't worry about being embarrassed. Be embarrassed. If you do something, be embarrassed. But let's not have any hidden things of darkness around us. Ooh, let's not do that. Father, we pray in the name above every name that your hand be upon us. Help us to walk in the light, even as you're in the light. We pray this little gospel Baptist church may be purged of any, no hidden sin may be going on here at the gospel. I prayed that prayer numbers of times through the years, and you've done it. Things that were in darkness were revealed.
Father, pull out those things of hidden in darkness and put them into the light that they may be clean and cleansed. Father, may your children be clean. May there not be anything between you and them as they walk in this beautiful thing called life. We pray, Father, that we be witnesses. We go wherever we go, spread out all over this place, gospel tracts, witness personally, conduct ourselves in business that will be a testimony of the light, not take one dime that's not ours. Be honest in everything in the sight of all men, the Bible says, to be honest. And be a testimony for you. Thank you for saving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you would like to trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, why don't you do it right now? It's simple, really. Here's a couple of Bible verses that will help you to understand. Probably the most well-known verse in all of Scripture is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That verse says, whosoever believeth. The whosoever is you. But the whosoever believes what? Number one, you need to understand that you are a sinner. God says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Number two, you need to understand that nothing that you can do, getting baptized, belonging to a church, going to a church, donating money, while all good things, they will not satisfy a just God. God says in Titus 3.5, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to God's mercy, he saved us. And number three, you need to understand that Jesus died for your sins. He was buried and resurrected the third day. And if you believe that, God promised in Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Your prayer of confession could go like this. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner unworthy of your mercy, but ask for your mercy and your forgiveness. I know I can't get to heaven on my own, but I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. He was buried and resurrected the third day that I might be saved and have a new life. Save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you ask Jesus to save you, would you do me a favor? Let us know so that we can pray for you and rejoice with you. Our church phone is 239-947-1285. The website is www.gospelbaptistchurch.com or go to iTunes podcast at gospelbaptistchurch.com.